COVID definitely divided us as a nation, but if there is one thing that has brought us together, it's our collective criticism of air travel restrictions. And at the top of the list, the ArriveCan app. Now it looks like that's about to change. A story in the Star says several sources have confirmed the federal government is about to announce ArriveCan may no longer be mandatory. John Gradick is an aviation expert at McGill University joining us this evening. Good evening, John. Good evening, Angela. Pleasure to be here with you. I tell you, every time I bring you on any of the shows that I host, it's always about complaining. But this may be a different story this time. What have you heard when it comes to the ArriveCan app? Well, you know, I, I found it interesting that they, you know, that they would start bringing back the discussion about the ArriveCan app so quickly after Mr. Poliev's, uh, you know, election to the head of the Conservative Party. That you know that has been his platform for. If month, months, if not years, uh, and I think that uh, you know, I think the government is saying, okay, let's go back and have a look at whether this mandated arrive can app is something that we can keep at, at a certain point in time, but also get rid of all of the um, overhead that's associated with this arrive can app. So it's not so much getting rid of the arrive can app, but rather to make it optional, from what I understand. Let's let's go back, John, and remind us of why the Arrive Can app came onto the scene in the first place. Yeah, it, it really was part of the the, the, the brouhaha around the mandate. Uh, they needed a, an application that can that could uh, one validate the vaccination status that people have. Because if you remember, uh, in order to travel on an airplane or to go on a boat or a train, uh, you had to have vaccination proof of vaccination. Uh, and each province had their own little way of doing their accounting for vaccination. So the federal government, because it is a federal government's responsibility to regulate industries that travel interprovincially, as a government said, so, well, we might as well have a coordinating mechanism so that all of the provincial data can go into one app rather than showing, you know, five or six or seven different provincial apps that people travel across the country. So they basically had this one coordinating app that was a federally mandated federally administered app that was initially there for, for vaccination status. Uh, and then when we moved to the world of quarantines and people testing positive and then finding people's you know location while they were under quarantine, they then took the app to the next level, which was really making sure you provided uh, an address uh, location in Canada where you would be able to, in fact, quarantine if and when you had a situation where you were uh, diagnosed as a COVID positive patient. So it had a couple of um, iterations, a couple of it morphed into different things uh, to the point where uh, the government, you know, until about, you know, three weeks ago, was still saying, you know, the, the ArriveCan app is here to stay and that it may stay beyond the current public health authority issues that we have regarding um, COVID vaccinations and COVID quarantine. So it's gone through a number of iterations. Was it a good idea in the early stages? I know we have heard constant criticism in the last number of weeks, but I'm trying to remember when it was initially brought in, what kind of reaction people were giving it. Oh, people were basically saying, big brother's watching us. 
you know, and Big Brother's watching, and you know, we need we have to provide electronic information that is machine readable, uh, and uh, it's a further invasion of privacy. And I think that was a big, a big uh, you know, issue. Was you know now people are concerned about the spread of personal data electronically, and we've all had our uh, run-ins with uh, major data leaks from banks or credit card companies and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so, you know, people are concerned about what it is that what's going on with our data and that, you know, they would rather not share the data uh, to, you know, to make sure that it's not being, you know, hacked or broken into. But, you know, Canada, Canadians have been used, you know, have been used to this data sharing for the longest period of time. You know, when you file your taxes, you know, you file them electronically and you basically, you know, it's, there's an electronic footprint of your income, the taxes, your your earnings, your 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 capital gains, your capital losses. That's all being done electronically. So, you know, it, it really was, you know, a, a question of the civil rights um, people, you know, the, the opponents of uh, data capture, personal data capture that made it, you know, a, a big thing. And I think that, uh, you know, the, the view right now is that, you know, the Arrive Can app will be optional. And the Arrive Can app will be optional to the point where, you know, you have, you know, my mother-in-law who's 96 years old, doesn't have a smartphone and she doesn't, you know, can't see very well. She does travel. Uh, so, you know, for her to do the Arrive Can app thing uh, and for people who are not, you know, uh, technology, you know, comfortable, you know, there is a need for these people to be handled outside of the Arrive Can app process. So, yeah, the, the, I think that the government is really realizing that to force, to ram Arrive Can down everybody's throat, um, not, you know, it's not a good thing. So they're going to, you know, the, the view is that they're going to put some flexibility in there. If you want to use it, uh, use it. If you don't want to use it, so fine, you know, go back to paper. My guest this evening is John Gradick. He is an aviation expert at McGill University. I also believe, John, in the early stages, the federal government was trying to tell us that this would also expedite travel. Like you there, you put all your information in, they know you're vaccinated, they've got your passport information, and this will speed things up. Well, as we saw this summer, definitely things weren't being sped up. So was that also the fact that it had failed to really make things move faster within the airline industry? Well, I, you know, it, you know, the trick is, you know, as you know, you go, you go to a bank, you know, and you go to, you go to the teller positions at the bank and you basically have, you know, a single, single queue at the bank. And, you know, you have two people ahead of you that are doing, you know, mortgage, mortgage applications that take about a half hour, 45 minutes. And there are only two tellers. So guess what happens to you who just wants to take 20 bucks out of your bank account? You're going to be sitting there waiting because it, the, the people ahead of you are taking up a significant amount of time from the teller. So, you know, and the banks basically change it saying, before you go into a lineup, come and talk to us at the reception area and we'll put you in the right queue and in the right setup. So the people who are going to go faster uh, with, with smaller transactions can get held, you know, can handle faster. That's what was missing with the Arrive Can app. That you know, ninety percent of the people, if not ninety-five percent, of the passengers got it right. Did the Arrive Can app that did it was filled in properly? The problem is you were stuck behind in the lineup behind a bunch of people who either didn't do the Arrive Can app properly or didn't do the Arrive Can app at all. 
So it was those people that were, I would say, the outliers in the process that kind of caused the grief for everybody else who was, you know, using the ArriveCan app properly. So, you know, I traveled on, on several occasions using the ArriveCan app. And, you know, the first time it was a little disconcerting. But after the fourth or fifth time, I got it. I understood what was doing it. I understood the information. And the transaction and the contact was really quick. It was faster than the old way. So it really is a question of everybody getting used to it, getting used to the application. Once everybody kind of gets it and the government does split that line up into people that have got it and don't have it, um, you know, you're, 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 the processing time does improve significantly. My guest this evening is John Gradick. He's an aviation expert at McGill University. We are talking about word that has come out today that it could be within the next couple of weeks that the federal government announces the Arrive Can app will no longer be mandatory. But what about the other restrictions we have faced when it comes to air travel? In particular, masks. I want to bounce that off, John, this evening. John, have you heard anything or um, seen anything as far as what we can expect when it comes to masks? Because I was just on a flight last week and everyone was wearing it on the plane. But I tell you, in the airport, it was hit and miss when it came to people actually wearing a mask in the facility. What are your thoughts? I think, you know, I, I think the, the end is near. Um, the end is near to masking. I think that you know, Canada remains one of the few jurisdictions globally that really has a, a mask mandate in place. Uh, you know, and, you know, if you're flying on, you know, flying into Canada on Lufthansa or British Airways or Air France or any other carrier, uh, you know, they tell you before you get on, you know, before you get off the airplane in Canada that you have to wear your mask while you're on the airplane. You don't wear a mask. Uh, the only ones that basically require you to mask on an airplane are the Canadian carriers as a result of Transport Canada's mandate of regarding masking. So it, you know, it, it's a it's a battle that I think has run its course. Uh, I think that you know uh, we see governments all over the world basically you know stating that you know COVID's over, it's done, uh, and that uh, you know it will not be a matter of months, but probably a matter of weeks before the uh, the mask mandate basically is dropped totally. John, remind our listeners, because I think some people, even if that mask mandate is dropped, some people will still feel comfortable wearing a mask on a plane. And that's great. They'll be able to. But some people do it because they're concerned about what is flying around in the air we breathe in airplanes. Uh, set the record straight. Have we come a long way when it comes to filtration systems in airplanes? Yeah, we've done, you know, I think that, and now it's, you know, the the word from the airline and the manu and the airplane manufacturers, you know, way back on, you know, day two or day three of the COVID um, outbreak is that the carriers and the manufacturers basically said they've ha they have, you know, high capacity HEPA filters on board the air circulation in the cabin of an airplane uh, and the air gets recirculated every two minutes or every three minutes uh, that there's a total exchange of air on the airplane. Uh, and I think, you know, they were, you know, preaching that the air on board an airplane is probably as clean, if not cleaner than any other environment you'd get in your travel, you know, whether it's a cab, a bus, airport, restaurant, bar, whatever. Uh, so, you know, they made that point all along. So 
I think, you know, the, why would people still be concerned about, you know, the, the filtration system on the airplane? You know, it, it's that lag of time that takes place. And we, we now know that, you know, the, the COVID variants that are out there, whether it's the, the Omicron virus or the B, the B series viruses, that, you know, they are airborne. Um, so, you know, people do cough, people do sneeze on board airplanes. Um, and yes, the air gets checked out every two minutes, but it's within that two minute time frame that, you know, how many of those viruses that are airborne, you know, would you in fact be, you know, catch up to you while you're sitting in a seat on an airplane? So yeah, it'll, they won't last too long in a cabin, but the question, it doesn't take five minutes or 10 minutes for you to get infected with one of those airborne viruses. They, they, they basically attack pretty quickly from what I understand. I'm not an immunologist, but from what I understand that, you know, exposure, it can take place in the short term very quickly. And uh, by the time it gets filtered out, it could take a couple of minutes. So there is, there is a risk. So, you know, people are very much risk averse when they fly. People understand what the implications are of catching COVID-19. And some people who are immunocompromised or some people who have gone through COVID already and don't want to hear about having another bout will, in fact, consider keeping a mask on as a matter of personal hygiene, personal protection. I can't let you go without asking for an update when it comes to staffing issues and the headaches we faced in summer travel. I never did any travel in the summer. I just uh, did it a couple of weeks ago. But where are we at when it as we're heading into the fall now? Well, I wish I could say we're, we're, we've, we're done. We're over the hump. We're not. Um, it's getting better. Um, you know, like we, the last time I think we talked, I think on-time arrival performance for the carriers in Toronto was somewhere within about, you know, 40% of the flights were arriving on time. I think we hit 44% in August, um, 48% in September. So, yeah, it's, it, you know, the, we are creeping, and I, and I mean creeping towards, you know, a, a better day. But, you know, we should be at 75 to 80%. Um, we're not anywhere near there yet. So, you know, we're, we're slowly making our way up there. And my, 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 the same advice I gave you back earlier is if you're going to travel, you know, avoid Pearson. If you're going to travel, tr do early, early the part of the day uh, and stay away from the weekends. And that advice uh, still holds true today. Yeah. I, and, and I wonder, as we head into the fall, the good news you had for me was we might at least see some breaks in prices. Are you seeing that? Yep, I have. I've seen the breaks in, in domestic travel, uh, you know, Flair, Lynx, uh, now Canada Jetlines, um, you know, are all out there um, promoting some in, some in pretty interesting fares you get from, you know, from Calgary to Toronto for 99 bucks one way. Um, the international, I've seen an Air Canada worldwide seat sale last week that lasted about three or four days through summer of 2023. So yeah, they're, 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 they're short in duration. They don't last too long. So, and, and the discounts internationally are not as big as they would be domestically. So, so there, is, there is some cracks showing up in the pricing side. I still believe that, you know, we got a ways to go in Canada uh, in terms of pricing drops. Uh, so I, I think we're going to see a, a few more deals coming in Canada, probably not as many as you, not as good internationally as you see in Canada, but there, there will be some deals. Stay away, from Stay away from Christmas though. It could be busy. No kidding. Let's end on that positive note. John, thanks so much for your time. Angela, it's been a pleasure. Have a great day. Take care.